gentlemen, welcome to Water Point Weekly, where we bring together a variety of perspectives to discuss the biggest stories of the week and decide what our point, or if in fact there are no point at all. Please, if you like what you hear, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Today is Thursday, October 7th. Everyone is here. Hello, everyone. Hello. October 27th. <laughs> but hello. Could be October 7th, and we are predicting the future. Elon Musk might buy Twitter at the end of the month. Oh, wait. He's going to make a lame pun to carry it in. Yeah. Let that 7th. sink in. <laughs> I love Matt Levine. We're to start. Maybe we should start with Elon Musk and Matt Levine. I don't know if anyone reads Matt Levine. He's a, a writer for Bloomberg, and he is. Uh, we have a couple things in common. We're both uh, pseudo lawyers and worked at the Goldman Sachs. And he writes about finance, and I think he does a pretty good job. And the ongoing point about Twitter that Ben Thompson, who's another uh, tech analyst, right, is, talks about also is the Twitter executive team doesn't use Twitter. Like the Twitter board members don't use Twitter. And so it's going to be somewhat of a shocking change at Twitter to have a CEO who uses Twitter. Right. Like imagine you're I don't know. Does Mark Zuckerberg use Facebook? I'm not 100 percent sure. But like Tim Cook has an iPhone and an iPad, and I think uses it, and he's like, oh, hey, this thing doesn't work. Maybe we should fix it. And at Twitter, they didn't do that. So it will be kind of funny. And well, isn't us. it also going to be very different because it's going to be privately owned, so there won't be much like of a public, like the, the stock price can't go up and down because of public backlash. Do whatever yeah, but I, right, but that's fine. And a lot of companies go private when they're going to restructure and change how they how they operate, but it is interesting sometimes when you have someone in charge who kind of knows what's going on or uses the product. I don't know. I find that like, right? I'd be like, oh, we're. So you think Twitter's going to get better? Aircraft. It's going to be a Twitter revolution. I, I'm really, I think there's nowhere to go but up. But I think, like, imagine if you had Boeing and you're like, we're going to take, I don't know, a runner, someone who was like, you know, Phil Knight, he did shoes. And now we're going to put him in charge of Boeing. And it's like, well, you understand maybe how to run a company. But do you know anything about airplanes? Phil Knight probably does. He probably has a suite of private jets. Also, but. I don't think Twitter really compares to a fucking plane manufacturer, Dan. Not exactly the same business. Well, that's the type but, of uh, argument that would get you to have a terrible CEO multiple times in a row of Twitter. So. Uh, yeah, but like, are you suggesting that like a programmer needs to be CEO of Twitter? Because that's basically all it is, right? No, I think someone who like actually logs onto the app every day and like interacts with people, you know? And you're I mean, like, yeah, oh, he's perfect for it because he's just like a bro, you know, bullshitter. But I mean, he's he, he, also he does, is objectively a yeah, brilliant man, successful CEO. Should, should yes. make Drill um, CEO, CEO of Twitter. That would be, that would make Twitter better, who? in my opinion. Drill at Drill, the best Twitter <laughs> account in, in the history. I don't know. It's going to be interesting times. All right. So if we want to stick with the Goldman Sachs line of thinking, how do you feel about uh, Rishi Sunak's appointment as prime minister, or I guess election? Right. Yeah. Um, very interesting. I mean, I think I was kind of shocked that he lost to Truss in the leadership contest because he seemed to be a pretty capable. I mean, for Boris Johnson had a lot of weaknesses, but I think he was the Sunak was the chancellor of the exchequer under Boris Johnson, and they got pretty high remarks for how that part of the government was run. So I think step in the right direction, obviously, but the party overall, the conservative party, is in, in chaos. But, Did he get hit for having ties with to Chinese comp- corporations or something? I mean, that list... Like probably, un- unclear. He's huge. like one of the wealthiest people in all of the country. So I'm sure he has a lot of ties financially to every, every bad thing. wife. All right. rich people do. Yeah, his, his wife is an heiress and lovely. Divest from some yeah. things. 
from certain things. But I think, you know, he's good. a little more. I, forget I the think guy's I called name. Liz Trust like the dregs of the Tory party a few months ago, a couple months ago. And I believe that one Mr. Nicholas Rodman yeah, no, tried to argue that, that she, she was, was actually, actually a, a shining choice. star. I would probably like, be on the dregs side. Policy, she has an excellent track record on sticking it to the Russians. That's she was good. Not only getting the British government to send weaponry and, and getting Boris Johnson on board sending weaponry to the Ukrainians. She has a very strong record on supporting sanctions, which our Germ- German colleagues and French colleagues are a little wishy-washy on. Agreed. I, I think she, Agreed, I think, but I then was, at the again, same time, she's also going to burn down the entire economy. So, you know. Yeah, burning the economy is yeah, You know, let's, let's right. weigh these things. I mean, she did kill the queen, too, so we need to remember <laughs> that. True. Yeah, who's yeah. going to play Liz Truss for the last two minutes of the crown? <laughs> met the queen, and the queen died the next day. <laughs> so, really, that's how you know your premiership yeah. is doomed, when you kill the queen, who had... <laughs> Reigned over the country for 70 years. So, you know, uh, it's interesting. Uh, King Charles, I think, will be... I also think it's, like, bad news. Liz Truss, like, said to the king, don't go to this, like, climate event you really want to go to. And it's like, really? Does that matter? Like, let the king do what he wants. He's the king. So I think so wait, she, I wanna, she just had it wrong with the monarchy. And I'm gonna as the monarchy are close to God, they got their revenge. <laughs> wait, one more time. I want to pose this question that I posed last week. So, and the other week. So... Dan, you seem overly optimistic that the Democrats are going to hold on to Congress. The, Republic, the Republicans are pretty obviously going to pass a lot of tax reductions. They're going to strip apart like the remaining parts of like Biden's uh, spending. Uh, pre- you, you do know how... How Bill, have you watched Schoolhouse Rock? I'm just a bill, yes. Yeah, I they have to have both sides. Bill. Are you saying he's going to veto it? It has to be signed by the president of the United States. The president of the United States is not going to sign something that dismantles everything he's done. And we so will just, just have a government shutdown chaos. again. We'll have another Ted Cruz-led government shutdown. I think there will be some chaos. Interesting. Westeros, where uh, Cersei says, I choose violence. I think that uh, we're about to be an I choose chaos moment in U.S. government. I would say, Ted, you criticize me i think a little bit of critique me for being overly optimistic or i don't know or opti- i am very I realistic see... the senate is going to be razor thin edge we within the margin of error we do not know what's going to happen that's what i would say there are six races that could go all r all d and i i have no idea and we will figure out between pennsylvania senate race new hampshire nevada arizona georgia wisconsin you tell but me there's even an article in politico that washington state is in play if, if things go really poorly or really well, everywhere from Washington State to Iowa and Ohio are in play. So it is a truly wild map. Uh, Senator Grassley running for re-election at 85 has not been... Um, How's, how old is Dianne Feinstein? Not running for re-election. Um, Dude, Dan, I just think the trends, especially hearing like Putin's speech today and like other people talking about how um, just how bad the world economy, like, like inflation... Fears, fear-mongering. Yeah, there's a lot of, I 100% agree that there are a lot of challenges on the horizon. There are also some things the administration has done well, and they need more time. Donald Trump really wrecked things. It takes longer than 18 months to fix it. Just as George Bush really wrecked things, and it took Mm -hmm. Barack Obama nearly eight years to fix them. And then Donald Trump threw it all away. The 80s called... The 80s called. They're looking for their foreign policy. Oh, my God. You say that every third episode. Well, I will say, no, Nicholas has actually gone to a lot of the conservative boot camps, and they teach you message discipline. And he is very good at that, right? They say, (laughs) have two lines and shout them. 
Remember, you know, and that is what you're supposed to do. And the Democrats are right. like stop. me. Are like, all right, we well, got to stop teaming up on this. This is bullshit. There's this. On the other hand, no, no. listen, I, I do I these circular arguments. I've acknowledged the rot within my own party, the rot, the populist rot, the isolationist rot. The the new right is not the new right. It's the wing of the Pat Buchanan era, which the paleo conservatives, which which are completely nonsensical and antithetical in my mind to conservative beliefs about limited government. These guys want to create they want to expand the size and scope of government, provide authorities for the government to govern social issues and and even economic issues. At this point, they're rallying against. This is the sort yeah, of Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor Greene said on Steve Bannon's podcast that if the Republicans retake the House, they're going to launch investigations into companies that stop donating to Republican races and political causes after January 6th. Yeah. Like this is like literal fascism. I was fucking crazy. Yeah. Oh, idiocy. It's idiocy. I mean, to yeah. I, I'm not even gonna address what she, her proposal. She lives in a in an alternative universe of nonsensical policy proposals. But that being said, I acknowledge the rot. The rot is there. I'm fighting the good fight to clean the rot out. The Democratic Party, as seen with this recent letter coming from the the Congressional Progressive Caucus on Ukraine, which was retracted. Not only was it retracted, Jay- Rep. Jayapal, chairwoman of the caucus, blamed it on her staff, which is a very honorable thing to do as a former congressional staffer. I really love it when it's not when something is not my fault, yet my member of Congress who I work for blames it on me. That is an honorable thing to yeah, do. Yeah, that, that's rough. Can I say, I think one thing we should talk about, Nicholas, I'd love your opinion about this. How much do you follow the unprecedentedly aggressive and hawkish China policy that the Biden administration has taken about chips and semiconductors. Commend him, support it. It's truly, if you talk about hawkish foreign policy, the most hawkish foreign policy thing that's happened maybe in the last 20 years in terms of like true global impact is the Biden administration's near total AI chip ban. And that is going to be one of the stories that we are talking about for decades of like, this was, October was a month to remember taking a baseball term, for the global economic ramifications of the chip ban. And I think that's something everyone who's interested in global politics or politics or anything should read up on it because it so is wait, going to, it to be two quick. internet. What exactly, been done what are the so, contours of it? So right now, China buys chips, like semiconductor chips, like your iPhone has a chip in it. And that has made a whole like set of people go into making that. So you'll have a machine in... The Netherlands that helps make it. There are factories in Taiwan. There are software that's made in Silicon Valley, and they all kind of come together to make the iPhone chip. And there's a lot of other very fancy leading edge chips that in particular help for AI. And AI takes these like tiny chips that are super, super performative, and you can build very complex AI models to do a lot of different intelligent things. And the United States recently decided they don't want China to have advanced AI technology. And so they said, you, if you are anywhere in the manufacturing chain, you cannot sell to China. You can't sell a machine to China to help make them. You can't sell a chip to China. Just said complete ban, like effective immediately. And so China now has to go and say, okay, we're using 19, we have like 1990s chip technology and we need to figure out a way to get back to 2022 chip technology. And they're going to have to slowly start the process of developing chips themselves. But they so are what's, 20 what's the years behind. Between using our economic might to force people to do things that we want versus like 
that becoming kind of like you were saying about China in a previous episode that you can't trust when you are investing in them or doing business relationships because you might get sanctioned or your money might be frozen. And that might over time degrade the standard. Well, I don't know about, I'm not a hundred percent your question, but I think that part of it is you saw like this week was Xi. Xi decided well, like, why I'm not keeping he... up power, right? This should have been his last time being in power. And he decided to take another term. And he also, you know, his predecessor out of the room humiliated his predecessor at the you know ultimate political gathering that they have every what is it seven years and appointed a lot of his buddies to positions of power in the party and in the economic sector and so you saw kind of chinese economic markets in chaos because not only are they not going to report economic statistics you think inflation is bad in the united states china just said well we're not going to tell you what it is no more doesn't exist does doesn't exist So the 1980s called, and China has taken their economic policy yeah, ideas back. It's but, a Potemkin village. I mean, that's what it's 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 all smoke and mirrors. The not only are you at risk for getting sanctioned if you do business in China, there's a bigger risk of your technology getting stolen by the Chinese government because you're forced into joint ventures. It is. I mean, I as a free marketer, supporter of free enterprise and free trade, I support breaking down trade barriers, tariffs, with the exception of China. I think China is keen on cornering markets, destroying foreign competition, and proclaiming itself the sole source when it comes to rare earths and other technologies. So I, I do so I do commend the Biden administration's chip chip initiative to starve them of that access. Um, and, and anything that any any trade we do with them, there's always this potential of selling them dual use technology. So that's you know, if we sell them civilian airliners, there's a lot of technology that can be developed into fighter jets or bombers, missile technology. So th- this is a huge, huge, huge threat to the United States that with the exception of Columbia professor Jeffrey Sachs and Ray Dalio, who are, ha- in my opinion, hold treasonous beliefs on China. I do sort of support some type of decoupl- economic decoupling with, with the Chinese, with the Chinese market. I, I think it's just not sustainable for U.S. interests to keep doing business as usual there. And this this runs contrary to the you know Kissingerian thought on this. I think that the this whole notion of fostering them through free trade and economic engagement, I think, has failed. They're just as autocratic, if not more, and they're just as much. They're a greater threat to the United States now, militarily and and from an espionage perspective, than they were 20 years ago in the Bush administration. You know, the, this the FBI director. One last note: the FBI director said that there's a counterintelligence investigation open on Chinese operatives in the U.S. every 10 minutes. Um, and they, there's a recent uh, AG Garland recently noted Huawei, the Ministry of State Security's attempt to, to uh, conduct a, an espionage ring in the United States, which was squashed by a double agent. I mean, it is a, they're just, they're committing acts of egregious, egregious aggression, in my opinion, against the United States. Anyway, rant over. It just seems like from some level, it seems obvious that we should use our market to force people into things that we want to do. But then aren't we over time sort of... Well, I think we thought we could do that, but we don't have that hegemonic power anymore to force people to do things. We can just say you are, if you don't do things we like, you're out, but... People can survive being out in a way that they didn't used to. The best way for the U.S. to increase its hegemonic power, I still say every episode, is uh, energy independence. And having European energy independence was probably would probably be the biggest like positive for Western democratic values would be U.S. and European energy independence from the rest of the world. But agree, it's weird. I agreeing with with uh, Dan. 
That's how you know. Okay, uh, powers unite. It's like a captain. No, Trump. there is a consent. There's a consensus on China. I mean, it is strange, like a bipartisan consensus. You have fringe elements on the left, as I said, Jeffrey Sachs, but and then you have fringe elements on the right. You have like uh, sort of the American conservative wrote something about China. All this. I'm not even gonna give it any type of mention. All right, we all agree. Yeah. yeah. But all right, so let's put a new topic here, new segment. Um, yeah. We've been in the golden era of quarterbacks. In the NFL, has that error come to an end? Are Rodgers and Brady both done? Ben, hot take. Yes. Uh, well, especially because the news that came out today that Giselle has given Brady an ultimatum that he needs to retire or their marriage is done. Retire uh, immediately? Yeah, yeah, apparently. He might. Their team yeah, sucks. Yeah, he probably should. He probably should. It was like incredibly stupid, and I, I still think that like a big reason why he came back was because Adam Schefter leaked it before he had a chance to actually do the announcement that he wanted to do. Rodgers is just like overpaid at this point, and... They had to get rid of, you know, Devontae Adams, who's one of the three best receivers in the league in order to accommodate his salary. Um, but, yeah, I think it's pretty clear those two dudes like it, it used to be, you know, five between five to ten years ago. If you just had one of those two guys, you were guaranteed 11 wins. And that's just not the case anymore. You know, and that's hardly a hardly a knock against them, considering Brady's 45. And I think is it Rogers like 38 or something? So they're clearly towards the tail end of their careers and expecting them to be performing at the level that they were in their prime is, is just unrealistic. Brady might um, be 46. He's just so old. I think he's Let's 40. Check. I, think he's, um, I don't think he's Brady. 46 yet. His goal was always to play until he was 45. I think he's 45. Right, it's like 40. He's four. Is 45. Yeah. 46 in August. And I think Rogers is 38. Okay. But yeah, no, so like, um, you know. They're done, but the next generation of quarterbacks looks uh, looks pretty legit. So, what do y'all think about basketball? Just how bad Russell Westbrook is. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I actually just... I'm coming around to the fact that he's just the scapegoat. I don't know Bill Simmons, my other favorite podcaster besides ours, and Charles Barkley were talking about this. It's like a lot of people on the Lakers suck and can't shoot, and like, is it all his fault? I don't know. Um, I think yeah, it's a but at psychological the same time, the sh- thing. The, at the same time, the shot he talk- took against the Blazers, like they were up by one point. There's 30 seconds left in the game. There's 18 seconds on the shot clock, and he takes a mid-range pull-up. That was the first time in four or five years that anyone has ever done that in that situation. Like that was the most idiotic shot <laughs> in the last half decade. You also just of feel bad for him like, because literally. <laughs> The media and, like, you would imagine his teammates and fans and everything just pile on him. So you see videos of people yeah, screaming so at him. Mean. And then you see, like, I was really funny. Some person from the media, after he shot, like, zero for eight one night, asked him just how he thought he played. And he was like, I gave it my best, so pretty good. <laughs> yeah. No, really I mean, funny it, it's especially egregious when you consider the Lakers let Alex Caruso go over a difference in, like, two million dollars because they couldn't accommodate it they traded kyle kuzma they traded josh hart they traded a first round pick to bring in russell westbrook yeah they gutted their whole team like it's, it's, it's really it, scary it was the they're... dumbest trade arguably in nba history and now they're just gonna continue to pay for it because they're gonna have to deal their 2027 and 2029 picks in order to get rid of him you know no one's no one else is gonna take him though i do hear that there's some buzz that the heat might do Lowry and Duncan Robinson for Westbrook plus either one or both of those picks, which is a mildly intriguing wrinkle. But even then, like the Lakers are still going to be complete trash and 
nothing has changed. I actually, I think LeBron to win the scoring title is a sneaky good bet because he's Maybe. clearly just going to stop playing for the team and he's just going to play enough games though. I think he, I, I could see him playing like 65 games because I think that's, isn't that the minimum? Is it 60 games to have your averages count? Mm. I don't know. We'll see. So wait, but hot, no, I think he's just going to give up on trying to win. Nick, this is in your area of expertise. Favorite or favorite year Eastern European, Doncic or Jokic? Jokic? Jokic. Jokic. Uh, which countries do they represent? Croatia. Croatia. No, Slovenia for Doncic <laughs> and Serbia for Jokic. Uh, fun fact check there. Slovenia. Good choice. Slovenia. Better for you. Interesting. NATO. I, I'm a big Georgia fan, but um, very nice place. All right. Have you been to Georgia? I have not been to Georgia. I have uh, had a lot of Georgian wine, though. Very nice. Oh, yeah. It's good. I've been to Georgia. It's a great country. I haven't. Really? You've uh, been to no, Georgia? Not, not a member Kvitsia, of the uh, uh, Georgia. What's his name? It's like the hottest prospect in European soccer. He's Georgian. Plays for Napoli. I've been to Tbilisi and Alpharetta. And I've been to Atlanta. Wow. In the Punkisi Gorge. Uh, <laughs> near near the Russian border. Interesting. What were you doing over there? Just Which was scarier? Some, taking some photos? For you, Nick Just taking some photos on the Georgian border? Well, no, I was in Atlanta for a conference, and we stayed at the Marriott Marquis, which is where they filmed, has a weird-ass atrium, weird, crazy atrium in it where they filmed the Hunger Games. And I was in the Republic of Georgia for another conference, uh, and they took us like on a bus tour to the border. Interesting. Was that conference called Conference of United States Intelligence Operative? No, it was in 2010. Still no. could be that. Spy would never confess to being a spy. Spy would never confess. Uh, we talked about some English drama, but how about the other English drama that Arsenal's at the top of the league table? Like, what is going on there? Seth, is this really, like, once yeah. a decade? It's in this moment where Arsenal's at the top of the league table? What is going on in the world? Oh, Lord. Yeah, no, I mean, Arsenal just look amazing and been so jealous of having to Good players yeah. muddle through Chelsea's... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not jealous at all of Arsenal. <laughs> I promise you, right. uh, you know, it's uh, they're going to fall off. It's inevitable. I will right. bet any Take amount of money that Arsenal are not going to. Yeah, I'll bet you anything. Do you think Arsenal are going to win the league? You want to put your money where your mouth is? Well, you think the whole league, I, I mean, fall off versus, are you, so, yeah. Yeah, not win the league. I don't think Arsenal are going to win the league. I think Arsenal are guaranteed to finish top four, but I don't think you're going to win the league, which is, you know, top four is already a hugely su- successful season. Arteta deserves a lot of props. The recruitment team at Arsenal deserves a lot of props. But like you're not gonna win. You're not Man City. You're gonna win the league. I, th- I think it's pretty pretty clear. I don't know. I feel like the World Cup just throws such a mon- monkey wrench in everything. You yeah. Know. And you look who Man City's best player is. It's Erlen Holland. And guess who's not in the fucking World Cup? Norway, right? Like yeah, but maybe he'll fun. get rusty. He'll be sitting there for oh, come two on. months doing nothing. He's gonna he's gonna just do nothing but rest and recuperate. And he's gonna come back. On Even fire better. and fuego, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, right, it's, it's kind of true. Like, you know, if you just, yeah, anyways, if you just kind of look at the squad depth, um, Man City are going to be relatively okay with the World Cup, given given their important players. All right, what else? Anything? That's all I've got. We need any more any more hot takes? No? Happy Halloween, Barcelona, everyone. What's yeah. everyone's children being for Halloween? It was going to be a backhoe. We've um, already done this. Right, yeah, we talked about that. Can, you, can yeah. we all take pictures? Well, now it's Halloween. Yeah, exactly. of course. Yes, everyone send pictures and I'll put it oh, in a fuck, collage. Halloween's like this weekend. Shit. That's what I'm saying. That's why I brought it up, okay? Because Halloween's this weekend. Thank you for 
listening to this week's episode. Please tune in next week. Stay safe and talk to you then. Bye.